You're tuned in to Nerd Overload, your weekly show for video games, movies, TV shows, comics, tech news, and more. Sponsored in part by MB Subculture Comics and Costumes. Now your hosts, Cody Pinnock, Samantha Cross, Sam Dunham, and Josh Harrison. Hey everyone, welcome to Nerd Overload, your favorite pop and geek culture show that I would like to announce, much like Facebook's name change to Meta, we are changing our branding to Gregor, G-R-E-G-R. Now, again, much like Facebook, we're still going to be called Nerd Overload. We are still Sam, Cody, and Josh of Nerd Overload. The logo is still blue and says Nerd Overload. There is a silent Greg in front of my name now, though. There is a silent Greg in front of Cody's name, yes. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but yes, for, for any official purposes, we are now Gregor. I'm Sam. I'm I, Cody. I'm Greg Orr. <laughs> I feel like Silent Greg is Silent Bob's cousin. I think so. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> all right. Well, hey, thank you all for tuning in this week. We have a great show for you. A bunch of news to go over. But first, let's talk about some things we have been checking out. Check it out. Do you have a pet? <laughs> I pulled up the Freaks board. Yes. That was a quick one. I'm going to do another one here. Have you noticed what big stars real estate agents have become? <laughs> no. 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 Another Freaks question? Sure. Have you noticed how many successful restaurants are theme-based these days? Not anymore. No. Not, not so much. Yeah. Not so much these days. <laughs> Remember when Long John Silver's used to be like the bomb and now oh, they're just straight man. trash? Oh, I would never. Not in a million years. Really? <laughs> oh, I could go for some giant mutant shrimp right now. Man. They are like way oversized for real shrimps. I mean, look at the chicken industry. But anyway. Do you remember <laughs> when they used to just sell a basket full of like the Crispins? They didn't like even the they, like the drippings that came well, off of they it. They didn't even you really <laughs> channeled Frakes with that one. <laughs> well, do you but, remember? When do you they remember? Used to sell the crispin. But here's the thing: <laughs> the crispies were like my favorite part. Yeah, but they didn't sell them separately. It wasn't until years later, like, oh yeah, we can make money off. Oh this. no, <laughs> the one in Marion on uh on uh, uh there in the north end of town. That's oh. that one sold the crispins for like a buck ninety nine, and they were. It's like oh, in Steve, like Steven, Steven Universe. Give us the bits. Yeah, just the, the bits. bits. They were the just bits. The bits. <laughs> they were artery clogging and delicious. <laughs> but nothing beats the hush puppies. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk about some things we've been doing this week. I actually uh, checked out a brand new movie, a movie that came out uh, not more than a may have been this week, actually. Um, it is a um, really interesting animated film. Definitely not for children. Is, <laughs> I mean, it was set out to be a uh, adult themed, not adult themed, but like geared adult for an aimed. aimed animated film called The Spine of Night. And it is very much in the same vein as like a Conan the Barbarian, uh, Hyborian age, bar- like barbarianism, mystic sword and sorcery kind of thing. Korgoth of Barbaria. Yes, yeah. And I wish that would have been a show. I, that's it, that's right, another that, thing. That one, yeah, that pilot was very good. But this movie, um, it's really interesting in that the animated, it's um, rotoscoped. So for f- folks who don't know animation, rotoscoping is when you film actors live in a studio and then and a lot of trace times them? it's trace them. Uh, a lot of times these days it's digital 
tracing, this movie was hand animated over top of live action actors. So you get this really weird, surreal, fluid kind of uh, movement to Wasn't all the characters. It, um, parts of the Disney Alice in Wonderland rotoscope. Uh, the, the, first, the first handful of their movies were like, yeah. I know uh, Snow White and the Seven Dwarves, uh, a lot of Snow White's like dancing scenes and stuff was rotoscope. Yeah, they would do it, but not all the time. Just, right. just for special shots. So yeah. it didn't look weird. <laughs> yeah. So this, this movie was entirely rotoscoped and it is, uh, it does give that weird kind yeah, of look to it. I would I would best just uh, kind of compare it to either like the classic uh, heavy metal movie or uh, Ralph Bakshi's uh, Fire and Ice. And the animation is really technically well done, like the the tone and the color palette and like the feeling and the mood of the film is really interesting. It is an amazing, amazing movie that I did not care for (laughs) and it's and it's weird because i i appreciate everything about it it just comes down to personal taste there's something about rotoscoped animation that hits that uh uncanny valley thing for me oh yeah where it's just human enough but also inhuman enough that it triggers that part of my brain that goes that's why disney didn't use it all the time (laughs) yeah yeah and it's um the movie is in itself a um it's an anthology movie. It has a, it's split up into like three or four, uh, I think five different um, little vignettes set in the same um, universe, same planet. That's not earth set <laughs> over an, an expanse of time. The same D and D campaign. <laughs> Kinda. It is kind of a D and D campaign, uh, but it all has to do with this uh, blue uh, plant called the bloom. And it is basically a font for magical MacGuffin. Basically, anything magical you want it to do, it can do. You want it to turn into fire and burn Patton Oswald's face off. It'll do that. You <laughs> want it to Patton. shoot uh, shoot electricity and mind control people. It'll do that. You know, watching the trailer, I thought it was just drugs. <laughs> well... Th- It'll do that. Uh, a lot of it has to do with uh, you You eat the plant and it uh, expands your consciousness to the point where you, it grants you like ultimate knowledge of everything as well as it's, give you mystical it's the, powers. It's the and limitless pill. Kind of, kind of a little bit. And uh, there isn't much of a through line. There's a very, very thin through line. Basically, the main villain is around through it and the uh, plant is through it. It is... The closest thing I can give is it is starring uh, Lucy Lawless in that she is one of the two characters that is in the wraparound uh, f- uh, framing narrative of the film, along with uh, veteran. <laughs> She's the Loch Nahr of. <laughs> uh, yeah, kind of. Yeah. And uh, along with uh, veteran actor uh, Richard E. Grant, who does a really great job as like this aging uh, guardian of the last plant, mm. uh, the last bloom left in this world and it's inside the giant skull of this dead giant giant and uh so like i said this this movie is uh it's not for kids uh because a much like the the ralph bakshi stuff and the um a lot of that hyborian age conan stuff humans seem to be made out of warmed up butter <laughs> because oh boy swords and axes and spears just slide, just, right, on just slide right on through without <laughs> any give whatsoever which adds to like the 
trippiness of the film but it dices it slices it makes julienne fries <laughs> uh there was a man's head who came into three pieces Ugh. with one slice of a sword <laughs> it was like and it was like yeah <laughs> like a zoro z like a zoro z but I, I didn't realize steel became lightsabers <laughs> yeah it was uh yeah but the the it's a vibro blade <laughs> kind of yeah <laughs> but it's it's a really interesting film if you like kind of heady kind of things that are more style over substance, because there's really not much of a plot. Like, I mean, what, like like the first heavy metal. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there, there's a very, very thin like there's one throwaway line about, you know, mistaking the quest for knowledge with the quest for power. And like uh, the main villain starts off as a. Uh, briefly as a as a scholar wanting to learn knowledge and as he gained more knowledge and gained access to this plant he became a warlord because absolute he, he kept, power he corrupts kept absolutely going across the land conquering nations in search of more knowledge and then more knowledge and more power and stuff like that but that's not the point the point are the visuals and i'm a sucker for like weird like cool color palettes and like starscapes and stuff like that and there's a lot of that and like a lot of blue neon against like a gr a dark green and white palette background like muted pa background with everything except for these plants that are like bright glowing blue and anything that affects them has is this blue is blue it's really cool is it is it better than heavy metal or not uh, I would well, say which, it is which heavy metal are we talk about oh, well, heavy the metal good or one. the good one, not heavy heavy metal two thousand. That one <laughs> sucks. Um, no, I would say it's not quite as good as heavy metal, but only because the nostalgia for heavy metal is there. Although some some of the vignettes in heavy metal do have like a plot. Yeah, and this one there are again very very thin plot elements that go across it but it's more like the one it's in more visual heavy metal that's just the fifth element yeah yeah <laughs> that's true yeah but no this i would say not quite there but better than fire and ice and that's high praise because i really like ralph bakshi's stuff i am a weirdo for that weird weird man and his weird weird art <laughs> um i love heavy metal <laughs> heavy metal is probably one of my favorite movies you, just because it's so ridiculous yeah if you were it, this movie isn't ridiculous oh. this movie is it sets up its universe and it is very grounded in the wild universe it sets up but it doesn't go it doesn't go to that level it doesn't reach that that plateau yeah. like it, the first time you watch heavy metal that you don't know what you're gonna get yeah like, between vignettes this like, this one you have a pretty good idea what you're getting and it's a lot of like the two main characters telling stories back and forth, having to do with this flower and things that the uh, warlord has been doing to, uh, you know, gain power and using it for this, that or the other. It's interesting. There is a there is a miniature plot about it's like these warrior scholars that go across the world finding books and like they're like fighting for the for knowledge or something like that. And that's kind of a neat concept. I wish they would have done more. With in the that. movie with that, but that's like the second vignette in the film <laughs> and it lasts for like 10 minutes. Mm. Like there's an entire movie right there, but they don't, it, they just don't do it. Mm. So I don't know. I, I didn't like it. I appreciate it. And I'm glad I watched it. 
I will not go back to it anytime <laughs> soon. I'm definitely going to give it a but shot. But you should, yeah. yeah. I think, I think you'll, Cody, you'll definitely, Josh, I would, I would recommend it for you because I know you like the, I, I know you like the, the sword and sorcery stuff. And then again, I'm also not that much of a sword and sorcery guy. I like my fantasy sci-fi and not <laughs> fantasy fantasy. Um, the other thing I've been checking out is um, the uh, Switch uh, expansion pass for oh, the Nintendo too. 64. So we could talk about that a little bit. You know, I'm um, just going to interject real quick. Yeah. I looked at the list of games and stuff like on the 64 and the Sega Genesis side. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why they put Sonic 2, but not the original Sonic. That's a good question. That is a good question. Like, don't get me wrong. Sonic 2 is a great game. It, uh, Tales. Yeah. It's because of Tales. Yeah. <laughs> the Genesis side is actually super stacked. There's some great games in there. And also Rystar. Yeah, and Rystar. <laughs> no, Rystar is a great game. Rystar is actually a very good game. I played a little bit of it, and it's just but, as uh, good as I remember it. Castlevania Bloodlines and mm-hmm. Contra Hardcore, those are two very extremely good games. And I mean, in, in theory, the Nintendo 64 side is pretty stacked as well. There's some... There's like eight. There's some... Well, there's some Maybe. bangers. <laughs> there's some pretty good bangers on, on that side. Like Ocarina of Time is a classic. Uh, Mario 64 is a classic. Mario Kart. Mario Kart. I'm a little surprised Mario 64 is on there since they just released the Super Mario 3D yeah, All-Stars. Yeah, that, that was a good uh, middle finger to, to me who bought Mario 64. Well, that was them testing the water to see if people will buy... <laughs> I mean, to be Spend fair, though, you do it. get two other games. So. Yeah. True. But uh, but no, the one I wanted to talk about was uh, I've been playing Zelda Ocarina of Time, and it's been a long time. It's been, I want to say, at least 10 years since I played Ocarina of Time. And, oh, the game is still very good, but the emulation onto the Switch is bad. It's not a hard game to emulate either. It's not, and it's and and yet, it's not even the first time they've done it. And yet, the control scheme is is bad, and it <laughs> looks yeah. it looks bad. Like I saw a picture where somebody compared like the sixty four version, the the Wii U Virtual Console mm-hmm. version, and the Switch version of the Water Temple. And the Switch version looks the worst. Like the water doesn't look right. The water doesn't look right. Um, uh, fog doesn't load in correctly. I mean, it makes the uh, the uh, the Lost Woods much easier to traverse because you can <laughs> just walk kind of close to the one of the the uh, um, holes, and it'll just open up instead of being like a pitch black <laughs> thing. It makes it super easy to sneak through. But like, yeah. And on top of that, the again the controls. For some reason, okay, so granted, the Nintendo 64 had a weird controller. Oh, it's awful. It was it was not a good controller. I mean, it was interesting. It was different for the time, but and it was... And they didn't have anything else to go on. Like, yeah, they were they were guessing. They had there'd never been like a 3D controller before, so they, this is as close as they got. <laughs> doggone it, they tried. But the translation of the controls from the 64 to the Switch led to some questionable decisions for button layout and it makes Ocarina of Time very frustrating to play and it makes one of the games on the uh, Sin and Punishment which is on the uh, virtual console unplayable like the be, be, you, yeah, you, you can't have to, move you have, right and shoot right at the same time you have to practically you have to break your hand to <laughs> play the game correctly and not like I'm not being hyperbolic here 
you would have to break your hand to get the buttons I mean, everyone's been basically talking about how you can't strafe and shoot at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Which, was a, a, which is a big part of that game. Yeah, it's very important for sin and punishment. It is. It's frustrating because they have been done better in other places with a similar button layout. It can be done. Yeah, and then they could just let you remap the buttons, which is a basic accessibility feature that every game should have. You would think. <laughs> I have only been playing the weird ones. Okay. Um, I've played a lot of Winback because it was the only game in the set that I'd never played before. Mm-hmm. And it's surprisingly good for what it is. It's like a third-person cover shooter. Mm-hmm from a time when that wasn't a genre that existed. Okay, okay. So it's really interesting. It's it's interesting. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it has like real corny cut scenes and it, it's made by uh Tecmo Koei's Omega Force. Oh, nice. The Dynasty Warriors people. Oh, okay. okay. But uh, the controls take a long time to get used to because it's like the first cover shooter ever made. <laughs> but once you get it down, like it's kind of interesting to see them take on these concepts for the first time mm-hmm. for something that would seem like something an American developer would have done first. But, you know, it's it's pre-Gears of War cover shooting mm. with like D-grade Metal Gear plot. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, I played some of Yoshi's Story because I hadn't played that game in like 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um and it's not great. Sure, <laughs> the the art and stuff is good and it looks really nice and it plays good, but it's still Yoshi's story. Yeah, <laughs> the weird platform game that you beat the levels by eating thirty fruits and oh yeah yeah like, yeah yeah and you can beat it in a half hour because the way the levels work that each <laughs> each world has four levels, but the level you can choose what level you go to based on the number of big hearts you found in the other level. Oh, weird. And then once you do like four or five of those, the game's over. Oh. So it kind of has a weird, it's almost like Star Fox-esque. Interesting. Where you can kind of cheese the path a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Well, you're meant to replay the different paths over and over and get a different score, which doesn't really fit that style of game uh, platformer at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But it it was neat to see it again after not seeing it for a long time. And the music is really good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I played Mario Tennis, and that runs really well and is really fun. Oh, that's good. I have, I have no complaints about Mario Tennis. That's good. That's good. And I played Dr. Mario, which is Dr. Mario. It's Dr. I keep Mario. forgetting about Dr. Mario 64. <laughs> it's hard. Yeah. But Dr. Mario is hard, so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I didn't, I purposely avoided any of the, the big name ones because I had a feeling they weren't going to be good. Up to par. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds not, like they're not. They're they're not. Well, like, like I was saying, like mm. as I was saying pr- before the show, is like I, I kind of wonder if they purposely gummed up the controllers to make people buy that wireless 64 controller. And I had a very similar thought playing Ocarina of Time, and I think maybe not that maybe not, wasn't the intended but it like feels like it's going to yeah, be but, but there's but there's so someone maybe third or fourth down the line of Nintendo hierarchy that was like mm, this is 
the actual reason why. <laughs> They're like, well, it doesn't matter because we'll sell them a controller so we don't have to try hard. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're not being evil. We're just not trying. <laughs> which seems We're not to going be, out of our way to be good. <laughs> which seems to be Nintendo in the last couple of years yeah. a little bit. I am concerned to see what they do with some of the other games I'm not that are buying going to... that controller either. There is no way you're going to get me to buy another Nintendo 64 controller. It's you a s- bad controller. You say that just like you said you weren't going to buy the Loftwing Amiibo. I, I didn't. I haven't bought any of those other classic game controllers. So I yeah. have. Uh, I have the. I have the original NES ones, and they feel awesome. Like they feel. Yeah. They feel right. Like. Texture wise, like the way the buttons click and everything, it like brought me back to a place in my head where like, you know, six year old me is like (laughs) click, clack, click, clack. The ones that came with the mini NES and the mini Super Nintendo were the same way. They were they put you right back there. So (laughs) so you're saying if the Nintendo 64 controller felt right in the first place. Yeah, (laughs) which it never did, which it never did. You always felt like you were meeting it halfway. Yeah. Well, because you always had to hold it halfway. Yeah. On this it, game, on this, on this game, you hold it this way. On this game, you hold it this Kirby way. Except for Kirby 64, in which you had to yeah. hold it weird. And Mischief Makers. <laughs> yeah. Which I hope they put on there. That would be great. Yeah. That would be weird. Yeah. That's a great game. What I have heard is, so I guess one of the Mario, the, one of the first Mario parties is coming to it at some point, and they're leaving in one of the uh, control things where- no. The new Mario Party that just came out. Oh, that's what this has is. Has one of the old games in it that messes up the palm of your Th- hand. That breaks you... that breaks your hand and the controller when yeah. you play it. Yeah, especially with as weak as the Joy-Con stick. Do we is. want to talk about that now? What what game was it? It's like uh, um. There's a couple in the first Mario Party that any of the games that involve rotating the control stick as fast as you can. It took any kid two games to figure out. Well, if I put my palm on this. I can do it faster, but mm-hmm. it also ends up burning the palms of your hands. Yes. And breaking the controller. Uh huh. Uh huh. Which I have a couple 64 controllers that are like a little janky because of it. <laughs> I mean, it kind of reminds me when uh, one of the Dragon Ball Budokai fighting games, might have been two mm-hmm. on the PlayStation 2 where you would get into like power clashes in the game and you had to rotate both the thumbsticks. Oh god. Oh no. And so I would put my hand across like this and go like this across the two thumbsticks. Ooh. I ripped the rubber thumb grip off of them and the plastic dug into my palm. Oh yeah, I remember getting little mark little, little uh, Nintendo 64 stigmatas on my oh. hands from <laughs> from playing Mario Party. Yeah. 64 stigmata. It got so bad that Nintendo got sued and they had to send people these stupid fingerless gloves to play oh, Mario yeah, Party. yeah, so you can play it. I remember <laughs> seeing, I've, see, I've seen those online. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to look that up. I don't remember oh, that at all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, They're yeah. just like sports gloves. With like the Nintendo logo no, on them? No, they don't have, they're, no, unfortunately, they're, they're not branded. They're oh, like lifters e- gloves or whatever. Even, that's even lamer. Well. But they put the, they put the game back in. Except now it has a warning that says, "Hey, don't don't yeah. use the palm of your hand, dummy." Hey, hey, don't do. But you know what? By putting that warning on there, they're introducing an entire new generation of people going, "Oh, you can do that, <laughs> and it'll go fast." They might as well be like, "Don't do this the the optimum way." It's like, "Hey, doctor, doctor, it hurts when I do this." 
Well, don't do that, <laughs> don't dummy. Do that. <laughs> <laughs> they also had a mini game where there was like a wind up uh, fly guy, the shy guys with the propeller. Yeah, on there, yeah, yeah. And you had to spin it as fast as you could in like 30 seconds and it would go further the, the faster you spun it. I remember just, just rubbing the crap out of my hand on it, doing that too. Oh, man. Memories. <laughs> Uh, yes. Do you remember when when video games actively took health bars off of your own <laughs> life? <laughs> There's people who have literal scars on their hands from oh, it. Oh, I bet. I don't know how I dodged the dodged it, but I don't have the Mario, thumbstick a bullet Mario Party scar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How'd you get this? Wild party. It's a wild party, bro. <laughs> I was just thinking of the Joker. How do you know how I got these scars? And he holds up his hands, and there's two tiny backwards ends on his palms from where he's played Mario Party. We have to stream the new Mario Party. We do. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to do that for sure. For sure. So uh, I've got a quick... Um, uh, it's going to have to be very quick. We're running short yeah. on time. So I... We watched this really bad horror movie that we saw somebody on like TikTok talking about or whatever. It was on Tubi. Okay. <laughs> All Call- good media is on Tubi. Mm-hmm. Right? Called Lamageddon. Wow. I like it so far. Yeah. Yeah. It's straight bad. Uh, they really love shooting goo or throwing <laughs> buckets of blood or whatever. Okay. Uh, it's about a space llama. That kills people. <laughs> Love a good goo movie. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, one of the characters in the movie, every c- scene transition, he's wearing a different shirt. <laughs> nice. Nice. Like at one point he goes through a door in the house and it shows like the interior of the house and he's wearing a completely different outfit. Mm, <laughs> excellent. Now, was this uh, purposely bad or uh, accidentally bad? Because that will that will determine whether I watch it or not. It might be both, honestly. I don't know. There's one point where somebody gets beat to death by the llama and they all they have is like these sticks covered in like fur and foam that are colored like the llama that they're like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> Okay, well, that's all right. That's all right. And like the llama like, like spits on somebody and mutates them into a weird llama person hybrid. Okay. So you got your body horror in there too. Yeah, yeah. but then they, there's like an animated bit where the llama assaults this person and they start laying space llama eggs. Oh. All right. And there's the line and they've crossed it. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> yeah, it's a straight trash movie. Now, like it was a huge stinker. Question, did they use Winamp at any point during this? Oh, because Winamp beats the llamas. But, but yeah. That's I a bad joke. Yep. I'm going to cut that one. I don't out. remember that, but <laughs> that was the that was the slogan for Winamp. Yeah, oh. it, when you would download Winamp for the first time, it had one audio track and it would always play Winamp. It whips the llamas hinder. <laughs> I used Winamp. I don't remember that. Huh, I, um, I remember that. Yeah. I got the joke. Yeah, um, it wasn't that bad. Leave it in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, there's this, I mean, there's some weird like bits in there. It sounds like it. There's like a whole group of people who get killed in a hot tub because the llama like pushes like a radio into the hot tub or something. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, I don't know. It's a weird, it's a weird movie. <laughs> I just want to say the best goo movie of all time is The Stuff. The Stuff is Dude, v- I love very the good. Stuff. I love The yeah, Stuff. Yeah, that's a fantastic movie. Killer marshmallow. Yeah. That part I, I, where the guy's like face like extends and he's like, Argh. I, I unironically uh-huh. love this stuff. It's a yeah, that's a classic. That's a classic. 
followed by street trash, which is also that a is also movie. a very good like body horror melting <laughs> yeah. movie. Hey, let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we'll get into some news. Nerd Overload is sponsored in part by MB Subculture Comics and Costumes. MB Subculture is the one-stop shop for all your geeky needs, from comics and collectibles to unique custom costumes, masks, makeup, and more. MB Subculture is located at 122 West Rensselaer Street in downtown Bucyrus, 567-806-5364, and online at subcultureoh.com. Hello, I'm Greg Dunham, the host of Long Play here on WZMO. I just wanted to take a minute to assure our many fans and listeners that my staff and I take our job seriously here at WZMO. We will always strive to bring only the highest quality audio entertainment to you and yours. <laughs> ah, who am I kidding? We just grab whatever album's on top of the stack. Join us every Friday at 11 p.m. and Saturday at 3 p.m. for Long Play. Tune in to see what we've come up with this week. Catch us every weekend right here on WZMO. Hey, we're back. That was the break, the part of the show where we don't talk about stuff and somebody else does. <laughs> Welcome back to Gregor, yeah. powered by Nerd Overload, or flip that around, I'm not sure. Welcome to Nerd Overload, powered by Gregor. <laughs> let's sure. let's talk about some news. Have you ever had the desire to write your initials in wet cement? More freaks. A Gregor exclusive. Wrong. <laughs> I feel like you were just waiting to use that one. No. <laughs> Number one, go take a seat. You don't know what they are, do you? Aren't they? Do you know what they are or not? Uh, I just know that's the uh, the questions or the nose. I don't know what they say. Okay, it's false. (laughs) (laughs) No freaks. That's true. Anyway, anyway, news. Bits done. Let's move on to news. (laughs) You know, it was a good bit when you ended by going bits done. Yep, that's it. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) All right. Yeah. Let's start from the top. So, uh, Dune did good in theater. I haven't well, watched it yet. Theater or streaming or yeah. whatever. Yeah. It did good in terms of how movies do now in the world we live in today. Yes. And it did well enough to get a sequel, which is more than the original Dune can say. Yeah. Well, I, I, from what I was seeing online, like this version of Dune is just half the story. It's not even the whole story yeah. of Dune. Yeah. I've, I heard from my mom who did watch Dune. Cool. That this ends about halfway through the book. So, like, exactly where I am in reading the book is pretty much where this ends. Oh, okay. Cool. Cool. Which means not a whole lot happens, I guess. You go, it, it's you probably go a lot to a Spice ca- World. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to be my lover. I was, ju- I was about to make a Spice Girls joke because <laughs> of Spice World. <laughs> you got to get with my worms. <laughs> Oh yeah. You gotta put your hand in the gum the gum so far. <laughs> uh you really, 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 really wanna make the spice flow. <laughs> something uh. something Quisatch Haberdash. <laughs> Haberdash. 
Hab- let's haberdashery. Haberdash. We're making hats now. Okay, let's the move best on. Hat Here maker we go. On Arrakis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm ex- looking forward to seeing watching Dune. I mean, it's. It's been a really long time for me. I I remember virtually nothing of it other than Patrick Stewart was in the first movie. I tried watching the original movie and I tried reading the book and I got I stopped very early on in both. Um it's not an easy read. No, it's not. It's but, also not an easy watch. But it does so many cool things at the same time yeah. where it's like it's a constant balancing act between like do I want to keep slogging through this <laughs> <laughs> or do I want to go watch Star Wars, which is this, but for dumb people. <laughs> so, so is reading Dune like its own Gom Jabbar? Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's all I know about Dune. Is you put a hand, your hand in a box and it hurts. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Much like reading the book <laughs> Dune. Except it's your eyes. Yeah, uh, your brain. Uh, can you imagine if if uh, Dune starred Kareem Abdul-Jabbar? <laughs> As the <laughs> Kareem Abdul-Gam-Jabbar. Kareem Abdul-Jabbar sticking his hand in the Gam-Jabbar. Well, we found the uh, episode title. We did. That's it. <laughs> I don't know. It looks visually fantastic. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. I mean... In this day and age, you know, I guess you can make blue-eyed, you know, desert people look great. Yeah, you can give Zendaya all the blue eyes you want. Sure. It's CG. And and nose snorkels. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is a still suit. And it recycles your body's moisture so you don't need to drink as much. And die on the desert planet. Yes. Mm. It also recycles your, your poo-poos and your pee-pees. And then, you mean like in the Harry Potter universe, uh, which is a real thing? Yes, but not as stupid. Fair. <laughs> so All like right. in Waterworld. We are getting close. We are getting close. <laughs> we got to move on. <laughs> All right. Next topic. Pikmin Bloom. That's right. If you like Pokemon Go and are aware of the Nintendo franchise Pikmin, which already cuts down the people who might enjoy this. By almost, quite a bit. To almost none. To almost none. <laughs> there is a new uh, AR GPS style Niantic game uh, based on the Nintendo franchise Pikmin. Hey, do you like Pokemon Go but like doing less in it? <laughs> then you're going to love Pikmin Bloom. <laughs> I downloaded this thing and you know what? It's like bo- boring Pokemon Go with less to do. I'm going to play it for about a week and then I'll probably drop it because I'm giving it a chance is count your steps. Yeah. Yeah. Realistically, that's all it really does. And once in a while, the Pikmin you have already grown or whatever, find either more Pikmin or seed fruits or whatever, Yeah, which you feed them to get more petals. Which I'm still not sure what that's for. When you walk around your neighborhood and have the petal thing on, it plants flowers that other people can see in the world. Oh. Which that's kind of neat, I guess. Yeah, it's kind of neat if people continue to play this game. Yeah, if there were anyone else playing the game, but there's not going to be because nobody likes it. Nobody. I mean, I feel like we're the only people in this town that probably... (laughs) I will say this. It is better than Harry Potter Unite. It is better than any other Pokemon Go knockoff I've seen. Yes. Which is not saying a whole lot. No, now, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Did you play Garfield Go? I did. (laughs) 
I threw where you those can walk around lasagnas in those bowls. Yeah, where you can throw lasagnas in bowls and get single panels of old <laughs> Garfield comics from like thirty years ago. <laughs> Probably more than that now. Yeah. You can't play the game on Mondays because <laughs> canonically that should canonically, be the yeah, just not allowed to play yeah. it on Mondays. Server maintenance should always be on a Monday. Uh huh. Uh huh. You know, which makes me really sad because they have that Transformers one coming out that Niantic is doing. Yeah. And it's going to probably be straight trash. I'm going to try it as well because I'm always going to try these games. They're free. Yeah. I I just wish they'd come up with some other gameplay mechanic for GPS AR games. There's got to be something else you can do other than collect, walk around and collect garbage. But why come up with, why innovate when... People are already going to do yes. already do the thing that makes them the most money. True. I, I've been thinking about it and like, why can't, why isn't there a game where I walk around and it draws lines and, and it's like weird slow Tron light cycles. Pokemon Go is getting that. Oh. Yeah. That's uh, paths. They're adding it soon and you can set up, um, you can actually like set up a start marker and an end marker and it will like track your path so that you can remember a certain like walking path or something like that so it is getting it hmm. but what's what's the purpose though so that if you're like going to go for like a regular walk or like a jogging path and you find a particularly good one you can actually like mark it on your hmm. thing so you can see oh this is where i went last time and it was a nice had a nice view or it had a, an extra couple of stops or something mm. like sounds that. sounds like another and way it's... for them to collect data about what you're doing. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what that's what all this stuff yeah. is. I mean, listen, they're stealing our data. Wah, wah. Wah, wah. But hey, you get to catch a Pokemon while they're stealing <laughs> your data, so whatever. I mean... They're going to get the data I mean, one way or another, no, so... It's no Digimon, but anyway. Yeah. All right, next up, Lightyear, the trailer... I did you not know, watch this. I'm actually kind of intrigued by this. It I, looked fun. I think it looks good. So basically, this is it a movie or is it a series? It's a movie. It's a movie. Okay, so this movie is coming out from Pixar and uh, Disney, and it's the in-universe movie or whatever that inspires the toy within the Toy Story universe. So it's kind of like a meta thing. It's yeah. A, oh, yeah. It's a movie within a movie's universe. Which this is, would this would be the movie that young Andy would go see and to then, get excited for. To get excited for the toy. Yes. So it's like a retroactive toyetic. Y- yes. Yeah. yeah. I, I misunderstood stood it and I thought it was a a biopic of the astronaut that Buzz inspired. Lightyear that inspired Buzz Lightyear, but then I saw this trailer and I'm like, "Wait, he's meeting aliens." This is, <laughs> then what kind of repercussions does this have on the Toy Story universe? But then it's like, <laughs> "Oh no, that's not what it." My question what is, what is. kind of repercussions does this have on the uh, Lightyear Buzz Lightyear of Star Command, the animated series, <laughs> which also happened and oh, was I an forgot in, about that. was an incontinuity show based within the Toy Story universe to sell toys to young young animated children. <laughs> I bet um, that Pixar is going to throw that in the trash. Probably. Because they had very little to do with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it really makes me wonder, like, are we going to get, like, you know, a Woody's Roundup? That'd be, that'd be kind of cool. I'd almost rather see that. And I don't know why, because I like sci-fi better than Cowboys, but I guess I just like Woody better than Buzz Lightyear is what it comes down to. <laughs> I think you're supposed to. Yeah. <laughs> you are a toy. 
Now, at what point in the Lightyear movie will Buzz Lightyear, played by uh, Chris Evans, uh, going to disguise himself as Mrs. Nesbitt? Yeah. <laughs> Rips his arm off. <laughs> yeah. But no, it, seriously, if he does that in the movie, it will then retroactively set up why Buzz Lightyear in Toy Story 1 goes nuts and starts calling himself Mrs. Nesbitt. <laughs> I thought that was because Sid's sister was calling him that. Change continuity. Whatever. Who cares? <laughs> Throw it out the window. <laughs> you mean like everything how has Buzz, to be connected. How, Bu- yeah. how Buzz got thrown out of the house anyway? Yeah. Way threw him out the window. Yeah. I just, I think it it doesn't look bad, but I also think it doesn't need to exist. No. I went like, who asked for this? Who asks for anything? Sure. Nothing has to exist. No one asks for anything. I'm fine. I'm cool with this. I mean, I'll I go think, see it. I think it looks interesting. I liked the um, realistic take on the uh, the Buzz Lightyear iconic spacesuit. I mean, they have to try to keep the, the Toy Story IP going, but they've pretty much done all they can do. With the characters from yeah. the in-universe movie. They've told whatever stories they're going to tell with the toys from Toy Story. Yeah, this is better than to- making a Toy Story five or whatever which would seem almost it would be five and it would be because if they did a five it would be almost like a regression for a lot of the characters yeah i never even saw four four is not bad but it's it it definitely kind of ends the storyline my problem with four is that three ends the storyline definitively true and then they had to open it back up and it and again so it felt like a regression for some characters Three like, made me cry, darn it! Like, oh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> like in the incinerator and stuff, and they all start. No, the the, the end, the well, end yes. is what got oh. me. Oh, yeah, that that one also got me. Oh yeah, when Andy gives the toys to Boo from, from yeah, from Monster from Monsters Inc. Inc. Is that who that's supposed to be? No, I, it's not actually. I don't know, man. It's a separate character. Is she? That would be yeah, great cause though, because oh. they're really good about connecting a lot of stuff. I mean, they're good at Easter eggs. They're well, not good at yeah. connecting things. There's a difference. Yeah, true. We don't need a Pixar expanded universe. Please let the. I think it already exists. Well, now that you've said it, you have put that bad juju into the universe. So now it will exist. You see Sully in Brave. In like a drawing, right? Yeah, in the witch's cabin. Yeah. Yeah. That's an Easter egg. That's not (laughs) continuity. Uh, Wally's in Cars. Cars is the world after Wally cleaned it up and people don't live there anymore. <laughs> uh, Only cars. If a car gets sick, do they go to a doctor or a mechanic? <laughs> Why do we drive in in parkways and park in driveways? What's the deal with talking cars? <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Tell me about the Cowboy Bebop shorts. Uh, well, they, they've, they've, they've put out two things. Two. Okay. There's, I only saw the one. There's a short. Yeah, like a goofy short. Mm-hmm. And then there's a legitimate trailer. Okay. So the, the short is called Lost Session. Yeah. Where it kind of like introduces like the personality. The kind of the personalities. Yeah. yeah. The, the kind of the personalities and how the characters are going to interact with each other in a really stylized look. Mm-hmm. I mean, there it was really neat. I was like, I really liked how... Fourth Wally breaky it kind of was. It was really Scott Pilgrimy. Oh yeah, it was incredibly yeah. Scott Pilgrimy. Oh yeah. yeah, it like you know toe to tip it was a Scott Pilgrim just <laughs> without you know Michael Sarah, which is arguably better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
I love that movie, but I don't think he's the best casting for Scott Pilgrim. But that's not what we're here to talk about. He may be the worst part of Scott Pilgrim. It's true. I mean, I understand the whole point of the movie is Scott's growth, but he was just a real tool. Through Jesse Eisenberg would have made a better Scott Pilgrim. Yeah. Because he's he's Michael Sarah with more acting range. Yeah. That and like Scott or not Scott Pilgrim. Michael Sarah is too like gee whiz. Gee whiz dopey. Yeah, and Scott Pilgrim is is a little more of a trash man. Yeah. Yeah. He's kind of a trash man. Yeah. Anyway, so Cowboy Bebop. Uh, Lost Session was really good. I enjoyed it. I thought it was, you know, it was fun. It got me excited. But then they dropped the actual trailer trailer for the series that comes out in November. And you know what? I'm excited. I'm invested. I thought that the the second trailer is more in line with the the show, what the show is actually going to be like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And more in line with what the anime is like. Yes. Because it always, the anime was always really good about cutting between like some serious cool action stuff. And some kind of like comedy, yeah. And Faye floating in space ran out of gas. Like, like yeah. I've been watching the anime. It's on Netflix now, so I'm like, well, why not go back and watch it? You know, in order, like it was intended to be watched. Mm-hmm. And it's it's surprise. It's really good. <laughs> oh yeah, it's it's definitely like one of my top favorite animes of all time. Yeah, always has been. I've always loved Cowboy Bebop so so much. I always thought it was, I really liked the universe. I really liked how everything was. It was great. And then watching the new trailer or, and seeing like a bunch of the scenes they throw in, it, there's a lot of touch tones where they like, hey, I remember that. I remember this character and that character and this interaction. There's a trio of like three old men that, uh-huh. that show up repeatedly Almost, through the anime. Yeah. The weird thing is one of them has a red and white hat with a red N on it. Like it's Netflix. Oh, Interesting. He's got a Netflix hat. All right. 30 well. years before Netflix was even a thing. <laughs> what? Is there an N on his hat? Yeah. Oh, it's weird. weird. I have. Okay. So I have no connection to this show. I've never mm-hmm. seen any of the show. I, I think you'd like it. I, yeah. I honestly think you would. It's, it's definitely not a very anime anime. The more people tell me that, th- that they think I'd like it, the less I'm likely to watch it. I don't know why. <laughs> I'm just contrary like that, I guess. Yeah, I get but it. This, the tr- the one, the first trailer, the little short that I watched looked very interesting. I think the costumes are, they still look like cosplay to me. They don't look like something actual people would wear or adaptations. Like if you're going to do a live action adaptation, I, and this is just things in general, it, not just with, Cowboy Bebop, again, I have no connection to this, but do something a little different. Don't just carbon copy some things. Yeah, phase outfit's different, and we haven't heard the end of that. Oh, that's true, <laughs> and I guess, uh, but it's actually I don't a know, really they're... good adaptation of her outfit that doesn't really make a lot of sense on the show. Oh, really? Okay, see, I, I don't know. I just think... That their costumes are just wacky enough that they look like high-end cosplay. Yeah, but I feel like because you can't really do Spike's iconic hair, the next best thing you can do is give him his iconic suit. 
I th- and I think it matches the kind of like the hyper reality that they seem to be in in this show. I suppose maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Again, I don't know. I, I don't like have a connection to it. People so. have been complaining that Faye's outfit isn't skimpy enough and now she's, well, she's that's about dumb. her sexuality. She spends the entire first episode that she's in almost in a very non-revealing blackjack dealer's suit. Yep. Because <laughs> she's grifting a casino. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, so most of the people complaining about it, I feel like probably haven't watched it in 20 years. Yeah. Mm. Another thing I thought was interesting in the trailer, and it's something they changed from the original series, is Spike's talking to somebody he knew from his past, and they talk about how he faked his death or whatever, because in-universe he used to be basically, he was part of a cartel syndicate thing. He says, I go by Spike now, versus in the original series where that was just his name and not like an alias. I was like, oh, okay. I mean, that gets that makes sense. Okay. But then I saw like other parts in the trailer where I'm like, you know, like a like the Teddy Bomber and then like the eco terrorist with the monkey virus. And I was like, oh, all right, this is gonna be great. I just watched that episode oh, last with night. The, with the with the, the eco terrorist. Yeah. <laughs> it's a goofy it's a goofy show. At too. times. I mean, Mushroom Samba is probably one of my favorite <laughs> episodes in the entire run where it's, the episode is 90% people tripping. Okay. I mean, that's, that's awesome. It's, it's hard to it's hard to truly explain the show without giving away too many of the That's fine. It's Space Lupin. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I get that. Okay. I I do get that. I understand okay. that reference. It's it's Space Lupin. All right. Uh, we have a couple of quick hits here. Uh Brandon Frazier did I say Brandon Frazier? You did or say Brandon Frazier. Brandon Frazier. Sorry, not Brandon his, Frazier, not whoever his that brother is. brother Brandon Frazier. <laughs> oh, man. Can you imagine if Brendan Frazier had a brother named Brandon Frazier? <laughs> and he was like some accountant or something like that. Yeah. And people mistake him for the actor all the time. <laughs> yeah. He was still like, he looked like Brendan Frazier in The Mummy. Yeah. But was an accountant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but Brendan Frazier is going to be uh, in the Batgirl uh HBO Go HBO series? Max. HBO Max. It's, it's like, a movie. It's a movie. Oh, is it's it a movie? straight to HBO Max movie, which is weird, but it's whatever. It's weird, and it's set in the uh, Birds of Prey universe because the okay. rumor is they're doing this in order to set up um, replacing Margot Robbie with Batgirl in a Birds of Prey sequel. Okay, yeah. That is that is the rumor, anyway. Uh, and Brendan Fraser is playing classic Batman villain, uh, the Firefly, who is basically a guy, a bug themed guy, who, arsonist, ars- right? who's yeah. an arsonist. <laughs> yeah. Be- Though his outfit itself really, like, it does have bug like elements, but he doesn't really look like a bug man. No, he looks. He's, it's a silver suit with wings. A black suit now. Oh, okay. it's a black suit with wings and like a gas mask that makes him look kind of like bug like, bug like, and then he has a flame gun kind yeah. of thing. So a Batman villain that's not supernatural or anything like that, yeah. which is which is cool. Um, cool, I'm but, in for it. But also, he's Robot Man, though. That people can be multiple things. And also, he was the, also uh, Lieutenant Flag or what or uh, um, Falcon in uh, the GI Joe movie. Who cares? He can be multiple. But things. no, Batman. He already exists within the DC universe. Does Doom Patrol take place in the in the? Doom Patrol's its own separate thing. Yeah, I was gonna say it's 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 so out there. It's its own thing. (laughs) I like the idea of a Birds of Prey that doesn't necessarily have Harley Quinn in it. Yeah, they don't need they don't need her to carry the movie. 
No, I think they did a, a good enough job. I recently just watched Birds of Prey for the first time, and I liked it. Oh, yeah, it's And they're really also good. doing a Black Canary series, I thought, or a limited series. Or a movie, I don't or remember. Or a movie. They weren't too specific. But, I don't But know. it has uh, um, Journey Smollett yeah. um, as... Who I really enjoyed her character. Yeah. Oh, she was great she in was Birds of Prey. She was a highlight. Though, she's great in everything that she's in, honestly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that... That take on Black Mask was really weird. I'm fine with it. it Black was good. Mask I liked it. How like weird and kind of manic he was. That's fine. Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor. Right? Yeah. yeah, he was really he good. He did an p- excellent job. That movie deserved more people to go see it. Yes. I, I liked it. I thought it was a good movie. Hey, speaking of uh, Margot Robbie, apparently there is a live action Barbie movie <laughs> being made starring Margot Robbie and Jake. Gyllenhaal. No, it wasn't Jake no, Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. It's it was the other one. Uh, Ryan Gosling. Ryan Gosling, the other one. <laughs> the I other get those two mixed up. I can see it. Yeah, they're similar looking dudes. Yeah, but they are going to be in a Barbie movie. Fine. That, that sounds funny. All right. That could be good. If they take kind of like a, like a sarcastic kind of take on it or something. <laughs> if they take like an aqua approach to it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, you know the song's got to be in there, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. It better be in the opening. As much as Mattel hates it, I think. Uh, yeah, <laughs> that's true. But uh, yeah, I mean, hey, why not? I hope that they spend the whole movie like walking around weird because their like knees stiff. open. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, what if this is part of the wider Hasbro? No, it's it's Mattel. Uh, it's Barbie's Ma- oh, that, Mattel. One, that one's Mattel. That's right. That's right. What else? What other toys Mattel? Is that Stretch Armstrong? It could be. I don't remember. Oh man, I don't remember. That would be great, though. What if What if they do a Barbie movie that is in the same lo- vein as uh, Riverdale? Yeah. <laughs> like weird Twin Peaksian. Yeah. Like weirdo stuff. Oh, that was a check them out I had. Um, so I've been watching a YouTuber named Super Eye Patch Wolf, and he did a like forty five minute uh, think piece on uh, the first four seasons of Riverdale <laughs> and how it went. <laughs> Off the deep end to the point where it went from being a mediocre teen drama show to the room level of like wild and crazy. <laughs> like the town, uh, the town millionaire is a boxing champion who regularly beats up on Archie Teenagers, Andrews. Yeah. Teenage Archie Andrews. Also, they go to World War II war, even though there are <laughs> laptops and cell phones. It was kind of like, you know, in Bates Motel where. Like some elements were like, you know, 70s and other elements were modern. It was just weird to look at. That part where Hiram Lodge fights Archie in a cage match, though. Uh-huh. Like I remember watching it and being like, whoa. And then, and then all of a sudden I thought, wait a minute. This is a grown adult man beating up a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> He's living the dream. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, and then you have season three when there are multiple cults. Yeah. Multiple cults. Multiple yeah, cults. And they harvest people's organs. One of them, and the other one is a haunted game of Dungeons and Dragons. Yep. It's dumb. <laughs> oh, it's yeah. Really yeah, it's great. It's great. Archie goes to prison for mm-hmm. a while. What did, what did Al- I Patch Wolf call it? Uh, uh, beautiful boy prison? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, let's see. What else we got real and quick? It's called Shankshaw. 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 Yes. Yep. God. <laughs> yep. Uh, let's see. We talked. We we made a joke about the Facebook Meta thing. This is just. This is less funny and more dumb. They're basically shuffling around their names of their companies, like Google did with uh, Alphabet, Alphabet and um, some of the other stuff. It's uh, basically a shell game in order to avoid being broken up. Uh, this is like 
bordering on real news. So I don't want to get into it too much because this is a goof goofy laugh em up show. <laughs> and this is like, this has like serious, like geopolitical implications, yeah. but there's uh, nothing cool and fun about it. <laughs> yeah. But it is tech related. So we should probably mention it. I mean, there was that sweet baby rays in the background. There was that picture of, of, him with the sweet baby rays i did find that it's his decorative sauce it was up on the bookshelf yeah. where you keep it <laughs> where humans keep their sauce mm-hmm. hi i'm zuckerberg <laughs> <laughs> that was the sparks coming out of my neck okay is he a robot or a reptilian no he's, a re- heard, he's definitely both. a reptilian yeah yeah human like sauce God, that, yeah. that picture that picture him like testifying in front of congress and how <laughs> just he awkward he looks oh he looked like a character from v <laughs> <laughs> I, I like to use this sweet baby race to keep my egg sack warm he looked like at any moment like he he would do like the double blink like from the first <laughs> men in black <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> you mean he blinked twice no he blinked with two different sets of eyelids i'm sorry we should say allegedly allegedly a, a, re- a reptilian <laughs> Allegedly. Yeah, I hate for that, you know, the oh. secret cabal to get us. Speaking of reptilians, there's a new show on <laughs> Netflix called uh, Inside Job. And it's it's by a woman named Shion Takuchi and produced by Alex Hirsch mm. from Gravity Falls. Yes, yes. It's pretty good. And it's about like a, a woman who works for a company who that is the shadow government that controls the entire world. Oh, And it's a lot of like conspiracy jokes like that but in a way that's not depressing like the guy from uh godzilla versus kong oh yes oh okay but they actually and i'm gonna spoil a joke here but it's also a joke that will make you want to watch the show okay uh they're at a gala for lizard people and they're talking about all the things the lizard people have accomplished recently and they actually say and we got k rule in super smash brothers <laughs> <laughs> okay that's great yeah i'm gonna have to watch that show Alex now Hirsch is in this that's uh he produced it oh, i think he okay. wrote on it on okay. some episodes oh that is fantastic yeah no because i was i was going like am i am i gonna watch this am i gonna hear hootie because i forget he's the voice of hootie in the l oh that is so good yeah i'm gonna have to watch yeah, that show the first like most adult animated shows the first couple episodes are kind of like oh this is animated yeah oh, okay but it does get it keeps getting better continuously as they get into the characters and what was this called again? inside job inside oh, okay. job okay cool well hey listen with that we've uh, actually hit time so let's go ahead and wrap things up for the night uh, you've been listening to Nerd Overload. Thank you very much for tuning in. You can find us each and every day over at nerdoverload.com. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram, and Patreon at Nerd Overload Now. You can email us at staff at nerdoverload.com. Questions, comments, which celebrities you think are reptilians. Um, and you can also give us a call at 586-372-8020. Leave us a message and we might play it on this show. <laughs> All right. We can also find all of our back episodes on various podcast apps such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and more. And finally, I'd like to thank David Pencil for the use of our intro and outro. You can find more of his stuff over at davidpencil.com. So again, thank you all for tuning in, and we will be back next week. This is not NPR. This show was sponsored in part by MB Subculture Comics and Costumes. <laughs>